Hey friends, welcome back to Pucks and Pages. My name is Steven, that is my amazing wife, as always, even after two weeks, Liberty. Hopefully longer than that. We are a married couple with different interests, and we try to bring each other into our favorite hobbies with the latest news in both books and sports. We are back, finally, with the sports news. First episode of the second season of Pucks and Pages. We're excited to have you all here, and where do you want to kick it off? Where do you think I want to start? The NHL. Of course. So the first thing I have is actually something I think you'd be more interested in than me because you really liked this show. Okay. So Sharks defenseman Brent Burns got to have a chance at acting with a two-episode role on Vikings. Yeah, this is something that I guess he has been like on social media plugging regularly trying to get on the show. But it makes so much sense. He looks like an actual walking Viking, so it kind of makes sense. I knew you would sense. say that, yeah. Albeit, he, as he's getting older, you're seeing more gray in his beard, which maybe even sells the part even better? No, I don't know. they dyed it. Okay. From the set photo, it's all one color. I'm still excited to see it. I haven't been following the show Vikings, though, for a while, so I'd have to do some catching up to see the yeah. Brent Burns episodes, but I'm excited to see Brent Burns I wonder if he's, like, really stiff, like most non-actors who have speaking roles. I'm kind of on the edge where, like, I don't, like, we don't know whether he's going to be a main character yet or if he's going to be, like, just a Viking in the background, which would be weird, like, just randomly watching Brent Burns walk across behind in the background. actually, they know because it's said that he's introduced by the king of this one land and, like, he has a speaking role at one point. He's in the background of another scene and then I think he has a second scene speaking role uh, scene or something so apparently he had a really good time acting no one like harassed him for being a bad actor or anything so well i would hope not he's a hockey player first and foremost so that that is pretty cool bit of news that's starting off the sports news with weird sports news right i love it yeah but in normal nhl news the teams that missed the playoffs the seven teams who didn't even get into the play-in round, started their training camp on New Year's Eve. The rest of the teams are going to be opening camp today as we're recording, so the third. Thank goodness. I should add to that because Canada literally just yesterday passed the capability of allowing the Canadian teams to finally have practices and camps. Yeah. uh, There's going to be no preseason before the regular season start date on January 13th, so less than 10 days out from the day this goes live. I'm excited for hockey, but at the same time, I don't like the format right now because our first couple of games are with a team that really messes with my team's head. Like, we hate the Flyers so much that we don't think straight, or it seems like we just fall apart for no reason. So I'm not a fan of this format where you have to play them, like, over and over, back-to-back, almost. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. It Mm. could be an ugly start to the season for my team. Based on past history playing the Flyers. And it's great that the season's starting and all that right now on the 13th. The dilemma really is, though, still in Canada, most of the provinces have not approved games yet. Alberta is the only province so far in Canada that has approved NHL games to be played. Yeah. So the rest of the league may start on the 13th, but most of Canada will just be sitting on their hands except for the two teams in Alberta. That's really rough because it's supposed to be a 56-game season starting on January 13th, and I think they said the season was going to end on Saturday, May 8th. 
I think it's going to probably get pushed closer to June. It's all tentative at this point. The season will end on May 8th in, you know, air quotes. Just, it really is going to be adaptable, I feel like, at this point. Yeah, so we'll see. I think playoffs are going to run long into what's normally off time for all the teams, but it looks like it's going to be a five game night on the 13th. So I'm pretty sure we're just going to have hockey on all of our computers and TV and it'll be perfect. I don't see the problem with this at all. Uh, That's why I said it's going to be perfect. Yeah, there'll be multiple screens streaming different games all over the place and it's going to be fantastic. I'm ready for it. But as of right now, New York Rangers, Mika Zibanejad is not going to be practicing when the Rangers start their on-ice sessions on Monday, according to their GM, Jeff Gordon. They're also not going to have forward Justin Richards or goalie Keith Kincaid. I don't think the Keith Kincaid thing will be that bad of a situation for New York, as they, previous to removing Lundqvist, already had two starters. Kincaid is kind of their second or third goalie, so it won't be the end of the world. Since this isn't the hockey bubble, I think you're going to have more concerns about who you have in reserve. So while it's not a big thing right now, if a goalie gets COVID, if he gets injured, it's going to be more of an issue like later. Yeah, Yeah, it's definitely interesting this year coming into the beginning of the season, the NHL teams are allowed to have unlimited goalies. Right, yeah. Every other player position is limited to a certain number, but goalies are forever. Well, do you really want someone who's the Zamboni driver At this to point, be yes. your goalie? On my team, yes. I mean, you want anyone at this point. Well, there's, there's certain players that we'll talk about in a little bit that uh, are making me less nervous about the goalie situation and more nervous about other positions currently, so... Like the center problem you have? Anyway. Yeah. The New Jersey Devils' Jesper Brat is still without a contract, but the team is hopeful they'll be able to sign him before the season starts. At this point, I don't know why teams haven't signed everybody, but they're they're not the only team to have this problem at the moment. No, including your team was signing people as early as this morning still. Yeah. It has carried on for a while now. There's still players like Dylan Strom for... We, Clearly, after all these injuries that are happening in my organization, need to sign now. Right. Yeah. So it's just like, I, I'm, I'm truly shocked that there are so many players still in free agency. Like, I was looking at a list of the top five players, and they're all still really good. I'm like, I can't believe that there's that much talent still sitting in free agency right now. Yeah. Um, what would 2020 cause beyond after effects into the next year's season, so... Well, speaking of injuries, you had Jack Eichel not practicing with the Sabres on Saturday. It's the second day in a row he's not practicing, and it's because of an upper body injury. They're saying he's day-to-day, but when they say they're day-to-day, I really hate that because it's like, today he might feel fine, but tomorrow he's really hurting. Like, what is happening? Yeah. I hate that. It's the NHL. It's most sports. Yeah. And Yannick Weber is going to attend the Nashville Predators camp on a what they're calling professional tryout contract. Yeah. Which he's played in the NHL for a significant amount of time. So I don't understand why he's on a professional tryout contract. What that's about. I don't know how these things work. Yeah, so there's a lot of teams this time of year that start offering those contracts right before the preseason. It's more or less just like, if you make the team, this is how much we'll pay you. It's not necessarily that they're 
paying him to be there at that point. So, like, you're kind of volunteering as, like, a walk-on, basically. Like, that's the best way I can describe it. Like, well, in like, you're trying football. out for the position. Yeah, you're, you're trying to get onto the roster. And if you do, this is how much money they will pay you, is what that contract stands for. So, um, you're seeing a lot of them. The term usually is PTO, which is kind of ironic. It's not paid, paid time, time off, off, but it's... Paid time on. It's a professional tryout offer is yep. usually what it is. So, it's just a weird thing that... NHL is notorious for doing realistically every league does it it's just it's not as publicized as it would be in in the NHL Hmm. and the Nashville Predators camp is going to be missing two forwards it looks like Michael Granlund Mm -hmm. because of immigration issues right now I think it's mostly like COVID related yes but all it said on the article was immigration yeah Michael Granlund yeah and Eric Howla I think is how you say that Eric Howla Howla yeah. He's going to miss camp because his wife just gave birth to their baby. Well, that's a pretty good reason to miss camp. Yeah. I don't blame him for that one. I would not in that instance. But speaking of people that are missing camp, we're going to the Blackhawks for a little bit, and I'm going to cry now, so be prepared. I have tissues for you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Starting it off with the worst of the worst news, Blackhawks captain Jonathan Taves will miss the beginning of the season due to an unknown illness indefinitely is the current term. Not day-to-day, not week, three weeks, just unknown amount of time with unknown illness. There's a lot of stipulations going around thinking that it's COVID and he's having a bad bout of it. So, but again, nobody really knows because the CBA keeps everything private. The way it should be realistically, let's be honest. Well, I would want to know just so I know where to look in the future. Like, is he going to be out for two weeks? Is he going to be out for like a whole half season? Or is it a question of if he's coming back at all because of lung damage, heart damage, anything that can happen with COVID? Right. So that's kind of scary. And that's not the only damage at center that we had this season so far leading in the off season yeah blackhawks kirby doc will miss four to five months after undergoing surgery on his right wrist i don't know that i saw that anywhere well he was injured during one of the canadian world junior championship exhibition games Mm. he was named the captain of the team sadly with world junior standards they have to then state another captain However, they've been leaving Kirby Doc's jersey hanging with the C in their locker rooms and just kind of switching back and forth between the assistant captains as to who will wear the C on every other game. That's sweet. It's also depressing. Like, he's he's not going to show up. He, he's never going to play with this team at this juncture. I don't. Well, it would have been the last year he qualified to play for the World Junior Team. So he's never playing for the World Junior Team So he's going to have to play for the Big Boy League from now on for the Canadian National Team. Yeah. But being out four months would allow him to come back for the last month of the season. If he's out all five months, odds are he's not going to be available to the Blackhawks unless they make the playoffs. So there's that great news. That's two of our four starting centers, and one of them we have not even signed yet. So... Yay, my team. Yeah. Uh, coming into this season, the question was whether or not Subban or Delia will be a good enough goalie. Now I don't even know who we're going to put in the middle of the ice to take puck drops. Realistically, you're probably going to move one of your wingers into the center position because you have a lot more wingers than you have center right now. Well, the good news is because of Kirby Doc being put on long-term IR, his contract space is free temporarily for us, which 
is weird situation because if he comes back during the season, he hit, affects cap space, which would mean we'd have to cut a player mm. in order to do that. So I don't know if we're going to go after, like, again, the number of people that are still available in free agency that are still good talents and maybe just rotate them in and then rotate up our centers. I don't I don't know. We're, we're still time enough out to where we can sign people. It's just nerve-wracking at yeah. this point. Less than two weeks out from the season, I can understand. Yeah. But another injury, Brad Marchand is expected to be on the ice for training camp on Sunday. He's returning from a sports hernia that got repaired September 14th. So he's been out for a while. And I'm hoping that's to his detriment. I hate Brad Marchand. Well, rumor mill going around is that he is going to be named the captain of the organization now that Zidane Char no longer plays for them. Right. What's the latest with him? Uh, he signed a one-year contract with the Washington Capitals yeah. for $795,000. That is not a lot of money. In fairness, he is a very, very old, tall Sasquatch that has lived in the NHL for 14 seasons with the Bruins. I don't so. know how tall affects into his contract, but go on. He's he's a giant. He should play basketball, let's just be honest. <laughs> and then put him on skates. and It's just like, whoa. But... He'll be playing for the Capitals for one year. They're expecting him to be on the second-line defensive pairing, not a first-line pairing. Okay. And the head coach of the organization has stated that there's a possibility that he may even have some third-line time just because last season he didn't play that well and the season before that he was injured for a portion of the season. So they're kind of expecting him to not really be able to put up the same minutes that he normally did. So. Yeah. But either way, he's a very large man, and it's goalies will love the fact that that guy is standing in front of them. Yeah. Didn't Maybe not for visibility reasons, but for the fact that they're like, it's adding another wall of defense. Right. So. Almost a literal wall. Yeah. But didn't he come out and say that this was a better offer than what his previous team was giving him? Yeah, the the Bruins basically were not playing ball with him at all when it came to dollars and contract terms. He was kind of on the fence of re-signing with them. In fairness, the Bruins had salary cap issues and they had a lot of players they needed to re-sign. Yeah. So it's like I kind of get where it was just like, listen... We have defensive pairings signed. We don't need you to be here. But when we saw the contract come in from the Caps, we both looked at each other and said, that's not a lot of money. Yeah. So I think that was my gut reaction just because of the quality of seniority and experience that Zidane Chara brings. Like, he's not the fastest defenseman anymore by any means. But at the same time, he's one of those guys that was always kind of in the right place at the right time. And that's something that those gut type of guys can teach and having him in your organization with maybe a younger defenseman would really bring up the level of game that that mm. defenseman is going to bring in the future. And just playing alongside somebody that has 14 years worth of experience in anything. Like if you get to work with somebody that has 14 years worth of experience, you're going to learn something if you're new to whatever role or job or position you're playing or working in. So I don't know. It. It's smart, I think, on the Capitals' part. I think it's going to really bolster their defense. So, especially after losing Niskanen this year. So, did Niskanen retire? Yes, I thought so. He's so young to retire. You say that, but he's also a double-digit NHL season player. So, well, yeah, I've been following Niskanen since his rookie season in Dallas, and so it's like I understand but time is completely irrelevant to me i think he's still a baby on top of that he's notoriously one of those guys that will lay out in front of any shot and that definitely is detrimental to one's health as a right. defenseman i'm pretty sure he took a couple to a knee 
Yeah, that, it wouldn't surprise me. What else do you have NHL-wise? Because all I have is, like, general overview stuff for the season. So, speaking of the Capitals, I guess, a little bit, Henrik Lundqvist uh, will miss this entire season after undergoing open-heart surgery. So, two weeks ago, Henrik Lundqvist announced that he had a heart condition and that his team of doctors basically explained to him that playing a normal season under the stress and level of exertion would possibly risk death. Put that one on there. That's definitely not something you want a doctor to ever tell you right. as an athlete. If you do your job, you're going to die. Or be really have a jacked up heart. So it's like one or the other. Neither of those things are good. So it's a situation where obviously getting the surgery is an important situation. He just signed a $1.5 million contract on October 9th with the team. So yeah. pretty quickly that information came out and he will be undergoing that surgery this week. So fingers crossed for a good surgery for Henrik Lundqvist. He won't be returning this year, obviously. Yeah. I um, question if he'd return at all. Yeah. But it had something to do with an aorta in his heart that was being worked on. So I imagine that's a pretty intensive surgery. I don't know. I'm not a medical person. So I'm going to go ahead and say if it affects your heart at all, it's going to be a major surgery. Well, it's open heart surgery, so yeah, it, it's it's major. We'll just check that box. Also this week, the NHL announced that they're planning two outdoor games to be played in Lake Tahoe in February. Fans uh. will not be allowed to be in attendance, which is so sad because if you've ever had the opportunity to go to Lake Tahoe in February or January for that matter, it is one of the most beautiful places in the world that you can go. As a Californian, I definitely ignored it more often than I should have. Um, well, we never went. Yes, and it's so sad. Uh, the drive up there is definitely hectic. There's just sheer cliffs and a very thin road. As somebody who had a fear of heights as a child, I remember memories of going up there and scared out of my mind but it's really a cool place one of my favorite memories honestly was going up to squaw valley uh in the summertime and it's still being cold enough on the mountain to have an outdoor ice rink to skate on yeah is it gonna be an outdoor rink that they're playing on so yes they're playing on a country club golf course is where they're going to be building the arenas. You know, uh, I think this, of outdoor skating rinks. rinks and I just think golf course. Yeah, it's going to be weird. So the golf course runs right up alongside the lake. So the shots that are going to come to exist from the the actual greens they're building these ice rinks on should be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, they're talking about using like drone footage and all sorts of things for the broadcasting. So I would hope so. Considering you can't have fans in, you might as well like do make it, it pretty everything possible to make it just amazing um the first game will be played on february 20th between the avalanche and the vegas golden knights and the second game will be played on february 21st between the bruins and the philadelphia flyers i'm sad that neither of our teams are involved in this but right. i will watch both of these games even though i really don't care for either of the game's teams at all i think it's just going to be really just a cool experience to watch well i know who i want to win the second game the Bruins. Obviously. I thought you were going to say no one. Because <laughs> I know you don't like the Bruins or the, the Flyers, but I know win. you hate the Flyers a little bit more. I want the lake to win. The lake. Yeah, you want it to flood over the ice rink. Nobody plays hockey. Also this week, the AHL approved framework for the season to begin on February 5th. The framework of it really hasn't been announced, but they've approved it. So yeah. that's exciting. We'll see what comes of it, what COVID restrictions and why the leagues are going to break down and all that stuff later this week. Uh, also this week, the Ottawa Senators traded with the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Senators acquired Braden Coburn, Cedric Paquette, 
and a second round pick in 2022. The Tampa Bay Lightning will receive Marion Gabrick and goalie Anders Nilsson. This was a cap move 100% for Tampa Bay to re-sign players. I was going to say, why would you get rid of anyone? Yeah, especially after how good their team is right now. Yeah. Braden Coburn and Cedric Paquette were carrying pretty large contracts for mediocre play last year. Like, they were a crucial part of, like, the lower lines and how the Lightning got to their championship. But the players that Tampa Bay is receiving are both on long-term injured reserve. They're not going to play this year. So they're able to basically dump the salaries of... The those players to Mm -hmm. spend more money so 100% a salary cap move to add other players so um but it bolsters the senators roster even further because honestly Paquette is a great player and Coburn is also a good player so uh, this continues down my predictions of Ottawa's going to be a good team I think they're making a lot of big moves and if they don't manage to capitalize on it this season they're just never going to be a good team in my opinion like it's the year or not at all yeah and if it makes you feel any better they weren't done yet this week they also made a trade with the arizona coyotes to receive Derek stepan and they traded away a 2021 second round pick so again not a bad deal at all they traded they received a second round pick for 2022 with the tampa bay trade and they traded away their 2021 second round pick to receive again a good player derek stepan so they're bolstering this lineup so much that it's just like wow ottawa could actually be a competitive team this year like i said it's either going to be this year or not at all And then there were a few signings this week as well. The Blue Jackets re-signed Pierre-Luc Dubois to a two-year contract with an AAV of $5 million. This was an ugly conversation between this player and the organization. He's been asking for a trade since the middle of last season. The organization signed him to this contract with the possibility of trading him. They came out and literally said that after they announced his contract signing. So it's not a friendly relationship in this organization right Right, now between these two. I'm not shocked to maybe see this guy get traded early on in the season to another team. Also this week, the Montreal Canadiens signed Corey Perry to a one-year $750,000 contract. I would almost go on edge and say this is a steal. Don't get me wrong, Corey Perry's performance was not phenomenal for the Dallas Stars this year when it came to points numbers, but the amount of points that he sets up by being dirty and in front of the goalie and like rerouting passes that miss shots on goal to score goals. I think he's a big part of that net front presence for an organization. And well, I'm he truly creates shocked. opportunities that wouldn't happen if you didn't have someone getting in there and getting dirty. Yeah. But at the same time, like he's not one of my like top players in Dallas. Yeah. Like he's not someone that when I think of the Dallas Stars, I go, oh yeah. Yeah, I can I can understand that. And I I think it's another good addition for Montreal. They're another team who's been really spending a lot of money this offseason. So a couple Canadian teams that really are just full tilt. Yeah, Um, we'll see how that goes. And then as of this morning, the one we were talking about, I don't know if you want to announce it. Do you have the contract details? I do not. Okay. Uh, John Marino uh, was signed to a six-year, $26.4 million contract extension with the Pittsburgh Penguins. He's in his second year with the Penguins. He was kind of up and down the first year, but the second year he definitely became one of the top-line defensemen for you guys alongside your favorite defenseman. But the contract yields a $4.4 million AAV through the 2026-27 season. So 4.4 is kind of a large average annual value for someone who has only been with the team for one year, especially for a six-year contract. So there are a lot of fans who are kind of questioning this contract as to like, 
what are you thinking? What are you doing? Like every deal we ever see in the off season, we're questioning our GM. But I really actually like this player. I don't know that I would have said six years is what you should give him. I think I might have opted for like three or four. The dilemma is with him being an RFA, as soon as the season starts, he would have been able to go out and search for a new organization to be a part of. Well, that's why he got signed, but you didn't have to give him six years. You could have gone with like three or four. I really think that he's a very offensive-minded defenseman. But that's not taking away from the capability that he plays as a defenseman. I've seen John Reno pickpocket so many forwards over the years. And he's got very high skate speed. So he's capable of getting back from being in an offensive position back into defense. Well, and that's kind of what our GM is going for. He's come out and said, like, we're getting fast skaters. We want to play fast hockey. So, like, it makes sense that you have a defenseman who's fast that you want to keep. Right. And, and I'll tell you, as somebody who follows your team and is not a fan, unlike the fans that are questioning Rutherford right at the moment, I have to agree, listen, this guy has gotten you three championships in under 10 years. 2009 to Our 20... GM, you mean? Yeah, your GM oh, okay. in 2017. And so it's like, the guy knows what he's doing. Well, and he's come out recently and said, like, he wants to prove everybody wrong because everyone's been talking crap all off season. I'm like, do it. Prove him wrong. Yeah. Win another cup. I'm ready. Like, don't get me wrong. The Kapanen trade made me kind of go, like, you just traded him away two seasons ago. Why are you bringing him back so soon? It just kind of didn't make sense to me. Right. But looking back at it, hindsight wise, that trade was part of one of the reasons you were able to back to back the Stanley Cup by bringing in a player that was quality to do those things. So I'm really not too worried. I think you guys are going to be a playoff contender again. Go figure. I hope so. Barring any crazy injury runs like you guys are notorious for doing, but... You know, when we have these crazy injury runs, we have people who step up and do way better than you ever thought they could. So, like, I wouldn't say barring that, because it's like, we've got to have that to win a Stanley Cup, is what it feels like. And then the last bit of news I have for the NHL is related to COVID-19. Um, We discussed a little bit about the Canada's federal government waiving the 14-day quarantine period for players and staff returning to Canada. Um, And then obviously the federal government greenlit the preseason camps. But the Florida Panthers will be hosting all weight-related activities outside. They will not be doing it inside of a building this way, allowing everything to be spaced more than six feet apart as part of their outdoor training facilities. So in their on-ice practice, obviously you can't do that outside in Florida. It's 81 degrees right now. So it's just one of those situations where doing the outdoor training facilities allows everything to be a little bit more spaced out and more COVID friendly. Well, you can have more players doing workouts at the same time without them risking their health. Yeah, exactly. But that's literally all the NHL news I have. so. So basically the 2020 2021 NHL schedule has been announced. If you want to see the games you're teams playing you can go onto their website and check out your schedule also the season starts on january 13th is set to conclude on may 8th that's obviously tentative we'll see what happens as the season goes on and they have created four divisions instead of our usual divisions for the whole covid stuff going on we've got the north for the canadian teams and then west central and east I think it's really weird there's no South, but all right. (laughs) And then basically they've talked about how the 
qualifying for the Stanley Cup playoffs is going to work. My understanding is that the top four teams in each division qualifies for the Stanley Cup. And then you play what they're calling intra-divisional games. So in each division, you'll go from four to two, and then you'll start playing ones that you play other divisions in order to get to the Stanley Cup. Yep. I said, it gets real messy after that. (laughs) So there's a full article about that if you want to get into the weeds with that one. Where are we headed next? Are we going to MLB, NBA? Where would you like to go? The NFL, since they're currently playing. Yeah. Uh, it's the final week of the regular season today and tomorrow. So basically today we'll find out whether or not your team is going to go into the playoffs. Why did you have to lead with that? So the Bears have two opportunities to get in right now. They either have to win today, which they do it under their own terms, or Arizona has to beat the Los Angeles Rams. I will say the only thing that you really have going for you with option one is that the Green Bay Packers, who you guys are playing today, right? Yes. Their left tackle, David Bakhtari? Bakhtari. That's the one. Yeah. He suffered a season-ending knee injury in practice, and they speculate right now that it's a torn ACL, but they haven't gotten imaging back, so they don't know. Yeah. It's helpful, and unlike the last time we played the Packers, we actually have a full healthy D-line. Last time we were playing with second and third stringers, so their running back ran all over us. Yeah. Um, This time around, we have a completely healthy line, so it should be helpful on the defensive side of the front. Obviously, Mitch Trubisky still makes me nervous. There is a lot of rumors that they may rest Aaron Rodgers today because they already clinched the number one seed in the NFC, so it's like... Why risk your star quarterback? Yeah. But it is Bears-Packers, and it is one of the most heated rivalries in the NFL. They hate each other, they play to kill each other, and I'm excited for football today, to say the least. Yeah. Well, defensive coordinator for the Eagles, Jim Schwartz, intends to allow his contract to expire after Sunday's game against Washington, and it's said that he's going to take a year off coaching. Apparently, he's doing this because of recent hip and eye surgeries, so he's been gone a lot because he's been hurt. It sounds like the man's getting old. Yeah, I don't know how old he is or his history, but, you know, when you have hip and eye surgery, it's probably not uh, the most regular thing to come back from immediately and start going back to -to day-to-day roles. Well, and he said he wants to take a year off and come back. I'm thinking he's like 54, I think it said, and... You might as well just retire at that point. And more COVID news. The New Orleans Saints are going to be playing without any of their current, I guess, running backs, RBs. Yeah, the four they had on roster. Thanks to a positive test coming from Alvin Kamara. Correct. They had close contact with him, but he's the only one who's tested positive so far. And the running back coach, Joel Thomas, will also be unavailable for the game against the Panthers. Yeah, so the Saints announced this morning that they'll be using wide receiver slash running back Ty Montgomery in the running back role this week. He's recorded a single carry this season. He's gotten the ball once as a running back, so... Definitely should be interesting, but because he was part of the wide receiver training group, he wasn't in contact with the running backs. Right, yeah. Boy, they get lucky. Mm -hmm. At least they have somebody who's played running back before still on the roster. Now, with running back, are are you having to, like, catch the ball and then run with it? Or do you get handed the ball and you run with it? Both. Okay. Yeah. So is it that he's bad at running or is he bad at catching? 
it's more the handoff process that he's a little weak on because he's been catching a lot of balls because he's been oh, playing okay. as a wide receiver. That sounds like a dumb thing to be bad at, but I don't play football, so yeah. I don't know. The The handoff process with a quarterback is usually becomes muscle memory at a certain point because you take so many snaps with your, whoever your starting quarterback is. So it just becomes, I know the ball is going to be right here every single time. And that's usually where a lot of the problems happen because... A, you don't know the timing of how quick the quarterback lets go of the ball. Like, it's stupid how crazy little minute details like that can affect whether you're going to hold on to the ball right or not. Yeah. Um, protect the baby. Yeah. Your motion looks like protect the it, baby. It, it really is. Like, it, it's... And then run like running instead of just catching the ball and coming down with it and pulling it in, you have to run while people are trying to literally knock the ball out of your hands constantly. So it's a little bit different process. And since he's been a running back, it shouldn't be that big of a thing for him. And since Alvin Kamara tested positive on like Wednesday, he's taken a lot of snaps. It's not like he's being shorted them. It's just... He's not getting weeks worth of practice with it. Yeah. That's that's the big thing. Also, Alvin Kamara this week was fined $5,000 for his Christmas colored shoes he wore for a oh, Christmas yeah. game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wore red and green shoes. And he announced when the NFL said that they were going to fine him that he would match whatever the amount was to a local charity in New Orleans. So he gave $10,000 to a local charity in New Orleans as a ha-ha-ha-ha-ha NFL, I one-upped you. Yeah. So. I don't get why, well, I do and I don't get why you can't do something like holiday-related, but. He also sold the shoes for the same charity. I think they ended up going for about another, like, two or three grand. So it's like, you know. It's good PR for him and bad PR for the league. Yeah. Yeah. But going back to COVID, so after the game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Cleveland Browns had a positive test within their coaching staff, and so the facility was closed Saturday morning, but today's game remains as scheduled, so don't know how that's going to work if your coaching staff might all have COVID, but... Well, if, if the game is going on, they've all tested negative for it. They, they won't allow any ifs, ands, or maybes on the field, so... I would hope not. They they can't. It's the protocol. So yeah. um they have to have two negative tests for this to even continue. So there there's no concern about that. There It's I guess. just how much time do they have to get the two negative tests because it closed Saturday morning. Yeah. The game's Sunday at some point. Yeah. Are you doing two rapid tests? No, they're doing two PCRs and they're getting them mailed off in a 24 to 48 hour period. Yeah. That's I have a feeling someone on the coaching staff is not going to get their results back in time. The difference between you and me and going and getting a test versus an organization that pays millions of dollars for these tests to happen, uh, we get put at the back of the line. Also this week, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be without two of their key defensive players uh, due to a COVID-19 positive test. Uh, Linebacker Devin White was the positive test taker, and Shaquille Barrett will be sat due to close contact COVID-19 NFL protocols. That's a tough break for Tampa Bay as... You know, those are two pretty important players on their defensive side of the ball. So we'll see what ends up happening there. As well, the Miami Dolphins will be without Ryan Fitzpatrick for a game that could allow them to play into one of the top seeds 
in the AFC against the Buffalo Bills because he tested positive for COVID-19. The saving grace for that is that Tua is back healthy now um, from his short-term injury. So That's good. Yeah. For injuries, I've got left tackle Anthony Castanzo, who is out for the season with an ankle injury requiring surgery. According to the Colts coach, Frank Reich, or Reich? I don't know their coach's name. It's the Colts. I'm not following them that closely. Yeah. And the Los Angeles Rams quarterback, Jared Goff, underwent surgery on his broken and dislocated right thumb on this past Monday. The team is hoping he can be back for part of the playoffs, but they still have to get to the playoffs and, you know, continue on past the first week. But that's all the injury and illness I have. I have one coming back from injury and illness. Alex Smith has been cleared of his calf injury. That has had him out the last two weeks for his team's uh, win and in-game being played today against the Eagles. So if they win today, the Eagles will uh, be eliminated, as will the Cowboys, and the Washington Redskins will be the winners of the worst division in the NFL. I'm rooting for the San Diego local boy to uh, hopefully beat up on the Eagles a little bit. At the same time, it would be nice to see the Cowboys in the playoffs because we sell more TVs. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta think about that money. Yeah. But I guess, speaking of money, I'm going to try to make this a segue, even if it doesn't work. (laughs) So the Buffalo Bills are going to host fans for their wild card game. New York has granted the team permission to host 6,772 fans at the game on either January 9th or 10th, depending on when that game is going to happen. But a stipulation of the ticket is that all fans will be required to obtain a negative COVID test in order to attend. And the price of that ticket is going to be included with a COVID test. So you have to pay for the ticket and the COVID test. And the testing will be administered at the stadium two or three days prior. And fans will be required to wear a mask at all times while at the Bills Stadium. I was about to say, are they going to make them camp out in Buffalo in the middle of winter for two to three days? No. Because that would be god-awful. You just roll up, do your test, and leave, and then you come back whenever it's game time. Interesting. But if the Bills win their wild card game and end up hosting a divisional round game, those fans who attend the first playoff game are not eligible to buy tickets for the divisional game. So if they continue on and host games, it's like, if you went to this game, you can't go to any more games. And then if you're in the second game, you can't go to any more games. That one kind of sucks because the Bills are in the playoffs for the first time since like 2008 or 2009, something like that. Crazy. It's been so, a long time. So, uh, as a Bills fan, I don't know. I would be betting that we get through at least the first round with that one and just don't uh, buy the wild card ticket. Wait for a divisional yeah, ticket. Yeah. But well, also, it would suck if you go to the divisional game and then somehow they go beyond that. Then you're like, well. Well, but they're not going to host every game is the thing. Well, they wouldn't unless Kansas City gets eliminated, which they probably won't because they clinched the number one seed in the AFC. So, But also, the tickets are going to season ticket holders first before they're offered up to the rest. That, That makes sense. I think if you're that big of a fan that you have season tickets to the effing Bills, I think you should definitely get first up. Yeah, I'm just excited to see the Bills Mafia back in attendance to games. They're a little crazy when it comes to the fans, but I don't know. Could well, be something has to be wrong. They're fans of the Bills. 
They don't even have a cute mascot or anything. Yeah. Staying on the subject of monies, Kellen Moore agrees to a multi-year contract extension to stay the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys. This clears up the fear that the Cowboys fans and organization had of him leaving to be the head coach of Boise State. He was offered a pretty nice contract to be a college football head coach. So I'm kind of shocked that he's staying. But NFL or college, I guess, is really the argument. You know, Mm -hmm. which one looks better on the resume? But that's all the NFL news I have. I don't know if you Thank have Thank God that took that. forever. Yeah. My NBA news is worse. Oh, God. Are we doing the MLB or the NBA next? Let's do the MLB. I need a break. Okay. There were a lot of small trades and signings done over the last two weeks. When I say that, I mean mostly minor league contracts or small contract players, not really like big, big names, at least that I saw. One I- that I saw that was interesting is you, Darvish. Yeah. He got traded and found out about it via Twitter, but he came out later and said he was shocked, quote, in a good way when he found out he was traded to the Padres. And this is because he thinks the Padres are, quote, one of the best teams in baseball right now. Yeah. And as a San Diegan, it breaks my heart that the Padres have sucked through my entire childhood shy of like a couple glory years where we were swept by the Yankees in the World Series. And after that, it's been very up and down and just not really great to be a Padres fan. It just took you leaving San Diego. To make it all happen, it seems. That U Darvish trade bolstered the Cubs with three of the top 10 prospects in the Padres organization and a total of five players being traded to them. That's a big trade. Yeah, so five players for one player. Um, that has to be one really good player then, right? We'll see. Your Darvish is a roller coaster of a starting pitcher. There's There's been years where he's been lights out. He's notoriously really good in the regular season, but in the playoffs he kind of chokes notoriously he gave up I think it was like five or six runs in the first inning for the Dodgers a number of years ago and then the Cubs hired him and he did really poorly the first season I would say mediocre at best and then the second season uh, last year he was lights out so he's kind of an unpredictable guy if he's on he's on if he's off he's not there at the game he might as well not even be there but the Padres did not stop with that. That was uh, the last signing of the week. They also signed infielder Hai Song Kim to a four-year $28 million contract. Coming into this season, he was one of the top five ranked international players seeking contract in the major leagues. So the Padres signed him. And then shortly before that, the Padres traded with the Tampa Bay Devil Rays for Blake Snell. The Rays received also four players in that trade as well, including two of the Padres' top ten prospects. So the Padres are going all or nothing at this point. Blake Snell, infamously the player that gave up one run and was pulled in the fifth inning because he had 80 pitches thrown. After the game, he was like, I support what my coach did, but I don't understand it. So they were on kind of the outs, as it were, because of that situation. Adding him there is phenomenal. And the craziest rumor is the NL Cy Young Award winner, Bauer from the Reds from last season, is contemplating signing for the Padres as well. It's one of the three teams he's come out and stated he's willing to take a contract from. This contract, however, would be record-breaking. We'd be looking in the realm of about $40 million a year for at least five or six year contract for Trevor Bauer. But 
I think that would be worth every penny. And at that point, the Padres have the best rotation in the major leagues. They don't need anybody else. They could throw a three-pitcher rotation and throw in some scuzzy fourth starting pitcher, and they'd be fine. Like, the offense, obviously, Slam Diego. All those guys are signed for multiple-year contracts. They're still available for at least three more seasons. This team is going to be a really tough team to play. Like, I know I was hyping up Ottawa earlier in the NHL. I would pick the Padres to be possibly in the World Series if they land Trevor Bauer. Like, it's, it's a wrap if they do. Like, truly. And I know that I'm going on a tangent and a ramble, but like, whew. We'll see. I would not want to play that team if they land that final piece. So I don't want to play that team either, but that doesn't mean they're going to be good. I just suck at baseball. <laughs> True. As somebody who's played baseball in high school as well, I, I wouldn't want to play that team ever. No collegiate baseball in my life, but still tough. I don't know. But that's literally all the MLB news I had. I was just really hyped up on the Padres. I'm surprised you don't have this. Right-handed reliever Evan Marshall and the White Sox avoided arbitration this week by agreeing to a one-year, $2 million contract. Yeah, I- I'm excited about this, but I, it wasn't as hyped as the Padres were really. Like, he's he's one of our better relief pitchers. I think the one that I'm really nervous about at this point is Alex Colome. He's a free agent, and he's capable of signing with anybody, but the White Sox are kind of holding their cards close to their chest. And we've notoriously done that over the years, but he's been one of the best closing pitchers in the organization's history. So it's like, why are we not just giving this man his money and signing him right now? Like, we have the money in the the cap space before we have to pay luxury tax. So it's like, just give him his money and let him do his job, you know? Like, bring him back. He only blew one save last season. One. And that's the lowest total blown saves for a closing pitcher in the major leagues last season. So it's like, let the man be. Like, bring him back and just give him his money and, you know, lock up that bullpen situation that we had. So I think with Evan Marshall, is, it's a good addition. So I'm not, like, to keep him there. So I'm not too upset or overwhelmed. I'm sad it had to go to arbitration, but... Well, they avoided arbitration. It yeah. almost went to arbitration. Yeah. It got close. I guess we'll move on to the NBA since you have so much to talk about. I do. Sadly... I don't know. There's some good information in here, too. Well, starting with illnesses and injuries, as of December 30th, of the 495 players tested for COVID since December 24th, zero new players have tested positive. That was the latest COVID number that I could find when I was looking. And then you had Indiana Pacers' TJ Warren undergoing surgery for a left foot stress fracture. And right now they're saying he's out of action for the foreseeable future. So they don't even have a timeline on him yet. There was a little bit of COVID stuff going on. It was predominantly in the Bulls organization this week. Okay. Uh, Chandler Hutchison tested positive for COVID-19, throwing another three starting players into COVID-19 protocols for the NBA. See, you're just affecting your whole team at this point. Like, you got to take this seriously. Yeah, we, we got the pants beat off of us by Milwaukee because of it. We still managed to pull out a win against the Wizards, but that's really not saying much of anything. But this week as well, the NBA announced that players and some staffers will be required to wear contact tracing devices as an extra threshold of protection. Similar to the NFL? Yes. Okay. But yeah, that's all the COVID-19 news. It's been pretty quiet in the NBA. They've been doing a pretty good job so far keeping it to zero. Or close, I guess. Yeah. 
Well, another injury, Ja Morant of the Memphis Grizzlies is going to be out three to five weeks with a grade two ankle sprain. And when I read the article about this, I saw that he had to be wheeled into the locker room. And I believe I looked at you and just said WTF, but like the full thing. Because like being a hockey fan versus being an NBA fan is very different because I've seen players who like have cuts on their throats or like have had heart attacks on the benches and like crazy crap happening to them and they skate off maybe with support from other people but they skate off yeah and it's only very 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 serious injuries that require stretcher off the ice yeah which we have also seen but like i think if a hockey player saw someone get an ankle sprain and wheeled into the locker room they would laugh their butt off because like no Like, that's not saying anything about him as a player. That's, like, more as, like, the league as a whole. Like, you sprain your ankle, have to get wheeled off. You jam your finger and you can't play for four weeks or whatever. Like, this league is weird. (laughs) This is part of the reason I don't think I'll ever be an NBA fan. This week, though, on uh, lighter notes, Damian Lillard reaches the 15,000-point threshold. He's only the second Portland uh, Trailblazer player to ever reach that number. So... He did it the fastest in organization history, so I'm not shocked to hear when he was interviewed. He goes, I don't think I'll get 15,000 more, but he goes, I'm excited to continue to set records within this organization. Well, so, how long did it take you to get the first? And I'll tell you if you get he it a second he, time. He won't get 15,000 more. It, it was just more of like him saying, I really enjoy playing for this organization. I'm hoping to set the actual team record, you know, outright. Also this week, Becky Hammond becomes the first woman to be the main coach for an NBA team. She took over the game after head coach Greg Popovich was ejected. Popovich was asked whether she was hired for a moment like this to occur, which is irritating. Whoever that reporter was should not be allowed to report again. Was Uh, she hired in case someone goes off the deep end? Is that the question? No, more along the lines of being the first woman. Like, just kind of using it as a press thing was the the way the question was worded. F you in particular. Really? No. Stop Um, it. His response was that he doesn't appreciate the question, and she earned the chance and was the most qualified person for the job out of the large sum of applications for the assistant coaching job. So he basically said, screw you. She was the most qualified person, and that's why she's the assistant coach and becomes the head coach if I get thrown out. Yeah. Like, she knows what she's doing. That's so stupid. Um, The team still took the loss, but they were playing the Los Angeles Lakers, the defending champions, so it's really not that big of a shock. Yeah, but people might still blame her for the loss because she's a woman, which sucks. Yeah, I don't know that that really came to be the case, but Popovich basically came to her support in the post-game press conference yeah. so uh also this week the nba got its opening week statistics back it draws the most viewers for an opening week in nba history since the 2012 season so the organizations are starting to recoup their broadcasting money so yeah. that's good news there the one piece of interesting news that i saw and i actually watched the clip from this Utah Jazz guard Jordan Clarkson was fined $25,000 for making contact with a game official. So basically from the video, you see that the opposing team had the ball and that Clarkson stole it from him. So like everyone was headed one direction, but then all of a sudden he's like, nope, we're going back. Yeah. And so the ref couldn't get out of the way fast enough and like they touched, but then like 
that's not the incident that's actually the fine. What's actually the fine is that after they, like, came into physical contact, like, chest to chest, he shoved the ref. Yeah. And that's what he's actually getting the fine for. And it's, like, I'm sure that's just, like, a reaction, but, like, what does it say about you that that's your natural reaction? So it was definitely a competitive spirit, heat of the moment type situation. I feel like he was just fired up and irate, and as... I've seen athletes do stupid things like that when they're in those situations. I'm I'm not saying it's okay because it's not by any means, but well, at the same time, like it, I feel like had he not been in one of those moments, he probably wouldn't have done that. I know that it's probably not malicious, but yeah. like I've seen players accidentally come into contact with zebras all the time. Yeah. That especially happens in hockey. Yeah. But, like, you don't put your hands on another man because they're in your way. Yeah. Like, especially not someone who's the effing ref of this sport you're watching. Right. Or playing. Yeah, it's definitely a little weird. It was definitely not handled properly. And if he thinks he doesn't deserve the fine, he's completely wrong. (laughs) Like, without a doubt. Well, he hasn't come out and said he didn't deserve the fine. But I just think that shouldn't be your first reaction when you accidentally bump into somebody. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, also this week, the Milwaukee Bucks set a single-game three-point record with 29 three-pointers made. That's a lot. The Bucks, up until this season so far, have only averaged 13 a game. So definitely, definitely a good jump. The record was previously held by the Houston Rockets with 27 from April of 2019. Um, the Bucks ended up winning that game 144 to 97 over the Miami Heat. Well, so. when you have almost 90 points in three pointers, I would hope you'd win that game. You're right. And then Steph Curry becomes the third player in the history of the NBA to reach 2,500 three pointers made. It's a lot. Impressive feat there as well. And the list of crazy things and sports records continued this week in the NBA. The Dallas Mavericks recorded a 50-point lead going into halftime against the Los Angeles Clippers. And blew it. No, they didn't oh. blow it. <laughs> thank, thank God, because that would have <laughs> been the laughing stock. They are the second team in NBA history to have a 50-point lead at half. Oh, okay. They had the lead at halftime of 77-27. to 27. But they did end up defeating the Clippers 124 to 73. Still a pretty gigantic lead. So, and then to continue on that list of victories, Doc Rivers moves into the 10th place for all-time wins as a head coach with his 945th win this week with the Philadelphia 76ers. And then LeBron James this week also passes Oscar Robinson for second most points scored on Christmas Day games. See, that stuff kind of bothers me, the statistics, because it's like this player beat out all these other players for this really tiny thing that you narrowed down a lot well the reality is too when christmas day games haven't existed forever in the nba and so you can't go way way back and see those statistics as well too always the bigger name teams that are going to be the teams playing on christmas day like lebron james is always going to play on christmas day the number one scorer on christmas day is kobe bryant Currently, he has 395 total points, and obviously, since he's passed away, it will stay at 395. Ghost basketball. Don't and tell me that can't happen. LeBron has 383 total points now, so he should pass Kobe probably next year, since you can't play Christmas games this season anymore, since they've already happened. Right. But actually, that's all my NBA news, so Thank I it. got through it pretty quick. You have any MLS news? Of course not. <laughs> you don't even look. 
No. So the MLS has informed the MLS Players Association that it will invoke a force mayor clause that obligated the parties to negotiate modifications to the existing collective bargaining agreement in good faith for 30 days. If both sides are unable to reach an agreement, the CBA negotiated in June would be terminated. And then I guess they have to do another one. But I don't know how that would even work. It's the MLS. Nobody knows how it works. Apparently. One day we'll have to interview somebody in the MLS and they're just going to be like, why do you harp on us so much? I'll be like, because you're not real. Um, I mean, they are real, but (laughs) it's just, it's a weird thing. I don't know why the MLS has forced this. It's been less than a year since they negotiated their last CBA, so I don't get what they want to change at this point. Yeah. And so far, it looks like money is going to be the main topic discussed for this new agreement, seeing as the league lost $1 billion with a B this past season. That's a lot of money. Yes, a billion dollars is a lot of money, especially to lose. And so I think that's going to be them trying to negotiate out their player contracts because as of right now, there's a rumor saying that they want to do at least a 5% decrease for all players on their contracts. I actually have one piece of MLS news and I forgot about it. And I don't know how I forgot about it because it relates to a player getting an opportunity to play with a team that's in a real league. Okay. Um, Bayern Munich are set to bring FC Dallas midfielder Tanner Tessman to the club to train during the MLS offseason. The last time they did this, they brought Chris Richards over from FC Dallas. And he's made now multiple starts for our not main tier team, our FC Bayern 2 team. But... This year, he's made five starts for the main FC Bayern team. Um, See, I think it's weird. Here in Dallas, there's like a weird German soccer presence. Yeah. The youth programs for Borussia Dortmund are in North Dallas area. So it's kind of weird that Bayern Munich also has a contract deal with FC Dallas to bring players over to cross train with our organization and possibly sign contracts, which I think is pretty great. So it continues to prove that the MLS is kind of a farm team for the rest of the major leagues, but it gives younger players opportunities in places where they normally wouldn't get the ability to make a living playing soccer. So I guess I can't completely just dump all over the MLS. And what about international soccer? You got news from them? Well, the international soccer world took a Christmas break, so there really hasn't been much going on. The world of English soccer has been actively going. I think they took a one-week break while we were on break, whereas the rest of the leagues have taken their normal two- or three-week breaks. So Bundesliga is back in action for the first time today. I think they had one or two games yesterday, but the majority of them will be played today and tomorrow. Yeah. Right now, Bayern Munich is playing. You're really lucky that uh, Dortmund won because I was about to tell you they were in sixth place out of complete contention. But because they won today, they are back in fourth place and back in Champions League opportunity spots. So you are so lucky that that happened while we were recording because otherwise it was going to be a rail fest on Dortmund and I was ready for it. You like talking crap you guys have lost two of your last five games and drawn two of your last five games i didn't say it was pretty you just always like to talk crap but um conveniently union berlin and wolfsburg were both playing pretty poorly so congratulations you've moved up in the world because of their errors 
as well. Bayern Munich right now is in hot contention with Red Bull Leipzig for first place. Um, Bayern Munich has drawn two of their last five games as well. So has Red Bull Leipzig. So it's just kind of been like a back forth nonsense, more or less, between the two teams. As it sits right now, Bayern Munich would draw out the game that they're playing against uh, FC Mons. I doubt seriously that'll happen because we're only 10 minutes into the game, but that would currently put us in a two-way tie for first place with Red Bull Leipzig in points. Uh, goal differential would keep us like just tucked up there. You always have an insane goal differential by the end of the season, so I'm not surprised. Right now, we're 10 goals ahead of your goal differential, so even yeah. if you guys came in the ballpark of our points, you'd have to pass us completely. Yeah. But yes, currently it sits Bayern, Red Bull Leipzig, Leverskin, Dortmund, Union Berlin, uh, rounding off the top five. I'm excited to see Union Berlin doing something for once. They have been a, a really rocky team in the Bundesliga, so that's exciting. But let's get to the news I know you want to hear about. The Premier League. Manchester United, over the last month, have crawled out of the cellars of 13th place. I wouldn't call 13th the cellars. That's like middle of the table, like lower middle of the table. Lower middle of the table. I'll give you that. Lower middle to second place, currently tied in overall points with Liverpool. The dilemma is the goal differential is 17 and 9, so it's pretty hefty amount there but Manchester United has won four of their last five taking a draw no losses in your last five games like whew good times are rolling Liverpool as of yesterday drew out with Newcastle which is hilarious which means Liverpool has drawn for three of their last five games and only won two of their last five I appreciate your team's service in this effort yes unseat Liverpool. Yes. Sadly, today we did lose to Leicester City, so we are in 15th place on the table. Talk about the cellar. Only three spots above relegation currently. It's too far in the season to be slipping down. You can't keep this going. The good news is there's still eight points between us and the first relegation spot. So Eight um, points is not a lot of points. That's less than that's three games. four wins, two points a game. But How many points do you think the teams get for a win? Two. We're going to settle this right now. (laughs) Let's play the Jeopardy thing while we do a quick Google search. Three Three. points are awarded for a win, one point for a draw, none for a defeat, with the team with the most points at the end of the season winning the Premier League title. Ah, you're right. The wife wins. Thank you. Shake your hands. Yes. (laughs) Victory, victory. First Um. research moment of the podcast for season two and point to me it's rare i'm gonna create a board and put down all the times i beat you on something research related okay then we'll also keep tabs on how many times mine is and we'll talk goal differential by the end of that one okay but i mean half (laughs) the board's gonna be blank your side oh (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's been definitely a good crawl for manchester united over the last month uh, so currently you have Liverpool in first, Manchester United in second, Leicester City in third, Tottenham in fourth, and Man City in fifth. The race is very close in that top three group, only one point separating Leicester City from you guys. So it's a lot closer this year than what Liverpool's record run was last right. season. So I'd like to unseat them, put them all the way back in like sixth. I seriously doubt that will happen, but I understand. Or at least fifth so we can keep City pulling down. That'd yeah. be nice. As it sits right now, Man City's up three to zero over Chelsea, so I really doubt that Disgusting. that'll be the case. Disgusting. 
Disgusting. Um, yeah. But uh, that's all the Premier League news I have. I'm just kind of keeping you up to date on the standings. So if you do have to talk soccer in the world to people, you have the ability to just cover the basics. And remember, everyone hates the team in first place. Always. <laughs> just talk crap about whoever that is. Yes. Unless it's Bayern Munich, in which case then you keep your Especially chat Especially if it's Bayern Munich. <laughs> Their fans are garbage. But uh, we'll catch you later this week, guys, for a book episode, the first of the new season. We're both very pumped about it. Well, especially talking about the book that you read during our break. I'm very excited. I say book, it's a comic. <laughs> say the the uh, comic I read? Technically, if you finish the, the name of the thing, it does say book at the end, the comic book. Yes. But that'll be an episode for Thursday, so make sure you guys check it out. And in the meantime, make sure you check out all of our links to our social media. It'll be in the show notes. Yep. And we'll catch you next time, guys. Bye. Bye.